Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome. I am Heather Caro. I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from the back room of the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a nice, balmy, I didn't wear a coat morning here in Sioux Falls. So uh, thank you for our, all that are joining me today. Before we get started with our first guest, uh, let's start with a morning prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, help me to live this day quietly easily, to lean on your great strength, trustfully, restfully, to wait for the unfolding of your will, patiently, serenely, to meet others peacefully and joyfully, to face tomorrow confidently and courageously. Amen. Name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Again, I am Heather Caro. I am your host today. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. Some of my favorite guests are going to be on, um, and one that I am very excited to get to know, Hector Batista. Good morning, Hector. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I am so excited I get to talk to you. You are uh, one of the newest members of our Catholic Diocese, and I got to see yeah. your uh, Catholic Views interview uh, with Renee, and I was just really excited to get to know you a little bit through that, and so now I get to pester you with my own questions this morning. <laughs> well, thank you. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I hope you're ready. No, I'm kidding. So tell the <laughs> listeners a little bit about uh, who you are, Hector. Sure, yeah. So um, my name is Hector Batista. I am uh, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. I grew up there. Uh, my mom is from England. My, mom, my dad is from uh, Mexico. And they met in Las Vegas. I have an older brother, two younger sisters. Grew up, uh, wasn't too involved in the church, and had a conversion on uh, April 2nd, 2005. That was the day John Paul II died. Um, and just decided to surrender my life to the Lord and, and try to follow after him the best I could. As any good Catholic, I was reading the Book of Numbers regularly, and uh, yeah, after that I did net ministries for a few years, and um, I was a youth minister for several years, and worked in the, the Diocese of Las Vegas as a youth and young adult leader out there, and, and now I'm here in the Diocese of Stu Falls as the Director of Mission Engagement. Beautiful. So this is really interesting, Hector, because on the... <laughs> I'm just struggling right now because the day that John Paul II died, I was sitting in a hotel room in Las Vegas. Oh my gosh. So wow. I was, yeah, it was like, so not the place to be. And I spent my entire day sitting in the hotel room instead of touristing around, you know, like you should in Vegas. And I just sat there and just watched everything I could about John Paul's passing. So what was it about his passing yeah. that catapulted you into the faith? That's it. Yeah. That, thank you for asking me that. Um, so 
Um, I would also love to know which hotel you're at because then we could look up how many miles we were apart from each other. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I was uh, the Italian one, not the Bellagio, but the other Italian one. Oh, the Venetian, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, um, I okay, uh, this is super embarrassing for anyone who's listening, but uh, this is just where I was at. I did not mm-hmm. know what a pope was. I didn't understand um, that we had more than one pope ever. Um, and so when this guy had passed, for me, it was like, well, this guy that looks like Santa Claus um, had made a huge mark on people's lives. Like, what was it so special about this man that, um, people were crying for, and they showed videos and all this live footage about uh, who he was. And I was I was on a retreat at this time, and I like the youth ministry leaders were all explaining to me and everybody else what he had done in you know the lives of, of so many people. What kind and of a retreat time, were you on? I was a confirmation retreat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I had originally went because, as all young teenage boys go, uh, girls and friends and all that other stuff. Um, but the Lord had, uh, obviously, other plans, which is usually what it was with me. Um, <laughs> and as I was there, I remember thinking, like, I am living a life that is just for myself. I was getting suspended from school. I was just recently expelled from school. And I was questioning, you know, what direction am I going? I could, I could live a life that's for myself, or I could live a life that is, you know, challenging and, and going after the Lord. I mean, I wasn't able to articulate all that back then, but I, I was sure. able to say, I'm not living a life that I want to live. And this guy lived a life that impacted other people, and I want something like that. And uh, so that was that was the beginning interest in, in me choosing to offer Jesus my life. I remember saying, uh, I made a quick prayer. I said, Jesus, I don't know if you're real, hmm. but if you are, I'm going to give you a shot at my life, and that's it. Like, this is your one <laughs> shot, because I'm, I'm tired of being let down by people in my life. This is your one chance to do something in my world. And um, that it's, it's a beautiful prayer, and he does things if, if you uh, if you make it absolutely beautiful so how did it how did it begin was it a 360 black and white change for you or was it a gradual thing yeah that's a great um so a little of both so there are some some very clear things that i made in my life but i think conversion is a lifelong process Mm -hmm. um so, you know, I, I wasn't perfect or anything. Now I am. Now I am perfect. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know other people are trying. So, you know, I, I'll give you my tips and secrets. I'll write a book on it. Uh, yeah, it, it, I guess it was, it was uh, there were, I, I like changed the type of music I listened to. Um, and I changed the kind of friends that I hung out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I found myself more involved in church ministry. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I, I met with a priest regularly on Monday night who kind of, like, mentored me, and I grilled him with every question under the book about, you know, the faith. I just I wanted that. to be sure that if I was going to give my life to Jesus, that it was legit. So yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Because, you know, and that's the thing, is that it is a, a continuous... Like, I always used to look at my mother, who has, like, spent mm-hmm. her whole world in the church, you know, like church basement volunteering for everything da, 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 da. and i was just like i'm not gonna be her <laughs> <laughs> and then you grow up yeah. and you turn around and you're like okay i chose a different path but i'm her <laughs> which is great that's, that's great for me that's awesome so talk awesome. about what it was like when you first uh, were evangelizing working with young adults and the youth in your uh, parish 
Yeah, so they got me employed. Well, not employed. They uh, asked me to volunteer right away with the middle school youth. Uh, they felt that I had a like an, an energy about me that would just bring other people in. Um, mm-hmm. So I led games and talks. And I did some, you know, I memorized talks to get to the middle school kids when I was 16, 17. Um, graduated, and uh, I didn't know where I was going at all. And um, I remember my youth minister giving me a Net Ministries application for ah. my birthday, which I thought was the worst birthday gift of all time. <laughs> Turns out it was one of the best. And I filled it out, and I just had no intention. In fact, I remember writing poorly on the essays because I was like, I don't want to be accepted into this. I don't want to do this. Why? But I felt like I had to do it. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't really understand what Net was or what the mission was sure. for Net, and so I was unsure about the whole thing. Um, they accepted me, uh, which may have been a mistake, uh, but they accepted <laughs> me. And so I went on and it was just one of the most life transforming things I had ever experienced. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of net alumni in this diocese as well. And, yeah. um, just the formation that's given there, the experience, the friendships that you make, it, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever been able to do. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really what, where everything took off. That's beautiful. Yeah, well, and the executive director of Real Presence Radio had a big key. He used to have a big role in Net Ministries, so he used to be a regional oh, wow. director. Um, and so we love Net at Real Presence Radio. It's like just life giving. So that's very exciting. Oh, that's so, awesome. so how has all of this learning and education tied into how you came to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, from Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, I'm married. I forgot to say that in my introduction, but I'm married. Oh, we have two little girls. Yeah. Actor. So, Nikayla is a wedding photographer, amazing, talented. She does a lot of Catholic weddings. Um, she, we have two little girls. And um, Avila is our oldest, and Sienna is our youngest. Um, Nikayla is originally from the Midwest, and so we were looking at kind of raising our daughters back in the Midwest somewhere. Two Falls sure. was not on our radar. Um mm-hmm. And as we prayed about it, uh, a few friends had kind of shared with us, like, hey, you should, if you want to be a saint, go to Sioux Falls. <laughs> we looked at it, prayed about it. And, that- and they were so true. I mean, it is a beautiful diocese. The priests are amazing out here. The laity is on fire. Everyone oh, says, I thought oh, you're- it's so cold. Here I thought they go were ahead. saying, send you to Sioux Falls because it was a challenge, and that would make you a saint. Oh, no. So, no. <laughs> okay, good. It is. The community out here is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So... Beautiful. So how did so you heard it through friends? You came out for the mm-hmm. interviews. How was that for you? Oh my gosh! It was. Um, if you if you walked around the chancery and you walked around everybody, you know, offices. The chancery is a place where where the you know the diocese really operates. But you walked into different offices out here, you will see images of Jesus. You will see scripture verses of Jesus, and it, it just was really powerful for me in that. Everybody here loved our Lord. They understood the mission. And, and Bishop DeGroote, um, I don't know if you've met him before. The guy yes. is just like a saint, you know. I mean, yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody saw him walking on water next week. You know, um, maybe <laughs> right. it would because it's icy out. But He's not um, going to give you a raise, Hector. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Michaela makes more money than me anyway, so I'm not worried. But. Yeah, he, we, we are definitely blessed in this diocese. Just amazing people everywhere you turn. Yeah, yeah, Very absolutely. So it's, it's beautiful. So before, we have to take a break, Hector, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about your work with the diocese. But can we just discuss quite <laughs> quickly 
Uh, last Caller Standing. That was your first experience of Last Caller Standing. It was last night. I'm hoping you watched yes. because you made an appearance. I, I didn't did know watch, you were yeah. a celebrity, Hector. <laughs> I may have blushed. I may have blushed. I used to have a lot of Instagram followers when I had social media, so um, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I did get nervous so when they showed my face. <laughs> so funny. So, last caller standing is a is a competition between our priests, and they and they YouTube it, um, so you can watch it live, and all the priests zoom in, and then it's just a bunch of crazy games that they play and to see who is the last caller standing and they vote priests off the island and everything it is so much fun so if people if you haven't seen this um it's a great way to get to know some of our priests and we've got so many amazing ones but then also it's just entertaining for the whole family but go to sfcatholic.org and they have it um up on the which page is that lumen christi i would think so yeah, so what did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, uh, the whole production team, how they were able to make everything work so well, uh, all the behind-the-scenes individuals, the, just the time that's spent in. The two hosts um, were <laughs> yeah. phenomenal in, in just <laughs> keeping things bubbly and flowing. Um, yeah. And it just felt real. It didn't, it didn't feel like – it just felt like real people, you know, uh, talking with us. And the priests were a blast, too. I was, I was rooting for Father Trainer. He is my supervisor. I was oh, rooting yeah. for him. Um, he always okay. does very next well. Year, there's always next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year, I am Father Samson, who is my pastor at Christ the King One, and we were just, we might have been yelling a lot in my household. It's like, you'd think the Super Bowl <laughs> was happening at my house, but you know, <laughs> just great fun. So folks, if you missed Father it, go check it out on uh, the diocese sfcatholic.org. But Hector, um, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to jump into what your work is all about and your visions for the future, if you have them yet. I know you're fairly new. So uh, folks, stay with us. Uh, this is Heather Carroll. We're broadcasting live today from the Mustard Seed. Uh, we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this quick break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for, both financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to assist you. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? They reply, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then Jesus presses them, Who do you say that I am? 
The disciples try to dodge the question, responding with what other people are saying about Jesus. In our world today, does the same, calling Jesus a good teacher or a good man in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some even dismiss him as a myth or a legend. But the Lord is asking us for our answer. Who do you say that I am? Not what academia, entertainment, culture, or politics have to say. You. It is your choice and your Holy Spirit-inspired answer. What do you say? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back and good morning. I'm Heather Carroll. I'm your host this morning from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a beautiful day. We have a little bit of rain going on right now, but, you know, we need some help melting all that snow that we got. So <laughs> I guess we'll have some mud puddles to join us with all that white snow we have. But thank you for joining us. We're talking with Hector Batista this morning on Real Presence Live, and he is uh, the newest... I think the newest person at the diocese, and we were just chatting a little bit about his history and who he is. Um, and Hector, let's dive into what's your job at the diocese. That's great. Yeah, so um, I am the director of mission engagement for the Discipleship and Evangelization Office here for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, essentially, what that means is I am going around meeting our pastors, our youth ministry leaders, our DREs, our discipleship and evangelization leaders, and and learning what we can do in the DNA office to better support what they're doing on you know in the trenches in the work out there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, the mustard seed phone's ringing. Everyone. <laughs> so that's okay. I know what that's like. <laughs> where have you Where have you started? Have you started here in Sioux Falls? How far have you gotten? Oh, I. I mean, I've met with a ton of uh, people already. Um, in fact, all day today, I have meetings with people. I, uh, really? I drive out and meet with yeah, pastors, campus ministry leaders, um, DREs, youth ministry leaders, volunteers, um, and uh, yeah, like. Newman Center, people, everything. Wow. So what is the overall arcing theme so far that you have heard from pastors and and such, like with the youth? What are they concerned about? Um, what are they hoping for? Yeah, it's our concern. Um, I, I, think, I think there is just an excitement more than a concern, if I was mm. to share that. Um, okay. And, and they, the pastors just really love their families they really like they can talk your ear off for like an hour and it's already done to me for multiple times now about the families the young people that attend and and how much joy it brings them when they see them at mass um i think i think the concern is that there's just so much to do and Mm. you know it's like how do i have the time to do everything and we really need more people to step up and get involved from our parishes, but I think people are afraid to invite other people into leadership because um, they don't want to put more burdens, you know, on their schedule or more time um, to do other things, as well as, you know, people are afraid to accept because they're, you know, am I qualified to, to tell someone that Jesus loves them? You know, so, right, um, right. so that, that's kind of where I think I'm getting most of information if I was to, you know, circle it up. Yeah, and I, I think the 
the fear of the person saying yes is very real because people do feel like, who am I? You know, and we all struggle with that. Um, But it's amazing how when you do say yes to that ask, when you have your own fiat to the Lord, um, how he provides what you need and how you grow as a Catholic by serving him in whatever capacity he's asking you to do. Yeah. It can can just be a beautiful journey. So far, what's your favorite part about your job? Oh, I I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I love working with the people that I work with. Um, We have probably the greatest team in the world, Um, the D&E office. I mean, they do so much of the the behind-the-scenes work, the scheduling, the connecting with people. They are an amazing team. Um, I love meeting with our pastors and our, our ministry leaders. Uh, and just experiencing that fire in their heart. And I think sometimes when you're so used to that, like, this is who I am, like, of course I... But it, it's just such a joyful experience with me, with meeting these people and being around these people. Um, I think that those are two of my favorite things right there, is just connecting with our leaders and, and just working on this team. I love that so much. Yeah, there's definitely an energy and a joy that goes around that building that is just infectious, and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you were talking about the pastors and how much they love their uh, families and their parishioners. And um, since I watched uh, Last Caller Standing last night, I ended up at St. Therese for church at 7 p.m. because that just was the one that I ended up at. <laughs> and, um, it was Father Kevin O'Dell, uh, for those that don't know him, he um, is one of my favorite priests. He tends to be sound a little gruff, but he has a heart of gold. There were these two young girls in church, um, probably three or four, and the mother was by herself and just really struggling, and it was like one would start crying, and then the other one would escape the pew, and it was just chaos, you know? (laughs) And it was just like, everybody in in the parish were just like, oh, that poor mom, because she was really trying, and, you know, kids are kids, right? So they were just making her work extra hard, well, right around... Um, when it came time for the consecration, they started to quiet down. And then they were quiet. And it was just really quite beautiful. Well, then, after the consecration, right, as we're all standing up after the Amen, Father Odell comes around the altar and starts walking down the aisle. And we're like, uh, what's he doing? <laughs> this is the Our Father time, right? You know, we're all, like, confused. And he's like, start saying to the young girls, you have been, the last five minutes, been behaving so well. And I want to thank your mother for bringing you to church today. And Aww. ladies, will you help me say the Our Father? And he brought them up onto the altar to help him say the Our Father with the rest of us and then do the sign of peace. And I don't know how many dry eyes there were in that church, but not many. I mean, oh that mo- that mother was just bawling, and he just like, thank you for bringing your children. And it was just like, we were all like, oh, because <laughs> it's just, but he did. He just loved his parishioners, you know, and it was so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. And he so gave beautiful. her a little break, too. <laughs> yeah. <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> they were like little statues up there on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> but just, yeah, just beautiful. So, as you're getting started, what are some of your hopes uh, as you're going along for for the youth in our diocese? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, 
to do the Lord's will, I think, is, is always a hope, and, and just praying with that right now. I think at this area, is just learning our people and figuring out, you know, how we can best serve them mm-hmm. uh, in the d and office. And, uh, we're, we're, I mean, we're looking ahead, of course, and looking at the whole set of plays uh, and how we can, you know, integrate ourselves in the lives of, of everybody there and care for people better. Um, I think if I was to say any hope that I have is just so that, you know, helping our, our leaders know that we pray for them, that we, we are here for them and supporting them, and knowing that they have people that they can rely on to help grow and, and you know, develop their ministry skill sets mm-hmm. with. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's that's what my hope would be. Awesome. So looking back, um, when you first started working with youth, when you had your transformation, um, to those that are listening that are like, I don't know how to be a missionary disciple. I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to do it. I'm not qualified. What kind of words of encouragement can you give to them who might be having these doubts in their minds? Yeah, I would say pray about it um, first, you know, and, and I think it's it's important to remember that uh, prayer is always like, you know, the Lord calling us first. And, and when you think about that, and you think about what the Lord is saying to you in prayer, and if, if this is something that you feel peace with or excitement or joy or whatever it is, um, go with that. And then, you know, if, if you are serving the youth, nine times out of ten, they're not going to remember everything you say, but they're going to remember your presence. They're going to remember the, the, hey, how was, how was school? How was, uh, you know, sports or whatever? I mean, sports is huge for these young people out here in Sioux Falls. Um, asking about them, about their life, and being there with them and walking with them. You don't have to know everything that the church teaches right now. That's fine. Give yourself a year at least. Um, but uh, <laughs> just, just see you. We need yeah. you. We need the person who knows how to farm. We need the person who, who grew up in inner cities. We need, the, we need you to say yes to the Lord in your daily interactions with people, especially with the young people, and let them know that they're desired now, and they're desired to be in the church and the pews, you know? Just going off of your story, I had a priest one time say, when, when my little girls were crying in, in the church, he said, if the, the church is not crying, it's dying. You know, we mm. need that presence. We need to be able to speak to people's hearts and, and know them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, too, it's just to be authentic. I think people just want authenticity these days i mean Absolutely. i think it's, and and yet and the youth can see that and you don't have yeah. to um because can you think about you know there wasn't one person that said one thing to you that changed your course of life it was like an entire event right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so, it's still ongoing yeah absolutely yeah because i think we always want to in even with our own kids, want to say the right thing at the right time, and it's going to just transform their entire world. And that may happen. You know, some of us might be that yeah. lucky. But it's just being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Presence we only, in prayer, absolutely. Yeah. We only have a few minutes left. Anything that is coming up on the horizon, Hector, um, that you're seeing with your department? Um, any news to share or anything like that? Or... No. I don't. I don't have much news to share. But um, if if you are a listener and and you know you attend mass frequently, I I want you to know how much your pastors love you. I mean, I've met with so many of these pastors. I met so much with the DNE leaders, and I ask them, you know, pretty uh, bold questions. If I was honest, and uh, the way they talk about their families, the way and and you would never know this conversation unless you're listening right now. But um, the way they talk about you and how much they love you guys is is incredible. I mean, they. Uh, the Lord has chosen these men to say yes to the priesthood for a reason. The Lord has chosen these people and asked these people to serve, and, and they need help. 
you know, they need they need your yes to ministry. They need your yes in prayers for them. Um, and that, that's something I would say that that is really important, especially as we go forward in the setup lays. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And for those that don't know Set Ablaze, um, can you just tell them what that is real quick, Hector? Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the whole making uh, lifelong Catholic missionaries through God's love. It's this, it's this dynamic prayer that the Bishop, Bishop de Groot has received, and, and this idea to transform our diocese and disrupt, uh, disrupt the, the whole flow of people leaving, the decline of church attendance and, and, and things. And, and really what it is, is it comes down to us. You know, um, mm-hmm. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said, "The laity will be the ones who who save the church," and and that's I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, the laity are going to have a huge role if we say yeah. yes. And I, I've been all over this country, and I can tell you, I don't know many dioceses that have the laity on fire as much as they have it out here. That's awesome! Woo! A little <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> well, Hector, it's been a joy getting to know you this morning, and I look forward to the the day we get to actually meet face to face. I'm sure we'll have you back again if you're willing and able. <laughs> but, um, sure, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we just welcome you to the diocese. Uh, we're glad to have you on board. Um, and just a quick reminder for all our listeners is to keep your priests in your prayers always, every day, every night. Uh, they're attacked by the evil one more than you know. Um, and so this is just a great call and reminder to always be praying for our priests. So. Hector, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to having you on again. Heather, thank you so much. This was an honor. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So that was Hector Batista. He is working with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, Just sounds like a great man, uh, full of energy, full of love for the Lord. So we're just grateful to have him on board. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Katie on to talk about Endow. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 